Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Agriculture is Saskatchewan and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today we take a look at Farm Credit Canada's annual report. Profits reach over $600 million, but the agency is preparing for a possible downturn due to COVID-19. Series Global Ag extends its reach in Saskatchewan as a grain handler, Ag in Motion Discovery Plus is described as a successful event last week. And the latest issue of Canola Watch highlights scouting for club root. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424 424- 2967. Regina-based Farm Credit Canada is reporting a strong financial performance during the past year. FCC Executive Vice President Karina Mitchell-Bowden says the Federal Farm Lending Agency had net income of $632 million on a loan portfolio of more than $38 billion. It was another solid year for the organization. I think it, it is important to note that the report reflects the activities of our fiscal year uh, that ended March 31st, 2020. So as we all know, the COVID situation really escalated here in Canada in mid-March. So the financial results that are contained within the report only reflect a very brief period of all of that. And and we do expect the year ahead to be influenced more by COVID, but uh, 1920 was a solid year for SEC once again. And uh, that reflects the strength of Canadian agriculture. What were the factors behind the positive financial report? What, what caused it? Well, we saw growth in the loan portfolio. Our, our loan portfolio sits at $38.6 billion right now, and, and it really reflects the optimism that the industry has in investing in, in land and equipment and, and other uh, facilities to, to grow and to uh, uh, you know, meet increasing demand globally for Canadian food products. So, uh, yeah, our loan portfolio growth really does reflect the health and, and growth of Canadian agriculture overall. You had net income of $632 million. What happens with this net income? All of our income is used and put right back into our business to support lending into the future as well as to offer learning programs free of charge to the industry, knowledge and other uh, insights and advisory services. So the money gets put right back into our operations to in turn uh, support the industry in the years ahead. But you do pay a dividend of $394 million to the federal government. What I understand you've got a new allowance for possible credit losses, uh, partly due to COVID-19. Is that correct? It is correct, yes. So... Um, With the COVID situation escalating in March there, as I mentioned, uh, it is important to recognize in your financials the increased risk that you expect to incur as a result of external environments. So the 
The allowance for credit loss for FCC did grow for the year ended March 31st, and that that is just a reflection of all the increased uncertainty that exists right now due to this pandemic situation. How much of an allowance, like how worse do you expect it to get? Well, it's it's difficult to say. It, it really is hard right now to speculate the ultimate economic and social outcomes of, of the pandemic at the year end that you uh, would see in the report. We did estimate that our losses would grow proportionally to our loan portfolio a little bit, but it's not, it's not a, a substantial increase at this time. I think it really will depend on on how quick the economic recovery comes about and, and when we can start to see restaurants and other food services and, and just overall demand for food product to get back to normal. Um, should that come about relatively quickly, losses will probably not be anything dire, but it, it's all manageable within the financial strength of our organization. The report reads like you've, you're in a strong capital position. Absolutely. And, and the federal government to support us in, in sustaining our support to the industry through these challenging times um, provided the organization with additional capital support to the tune of $500 million so that we're able to increase our risk-taking capacity to the tune of $5 billion. It's really important right now that uh, the industry feels supported by their primary lender and has access to the cash flow that they need to um, sustain operations during a time when there is so much uncertainty. And so that was the intent behind that capital injection, and that's why you want to have a financial institution with strong capital and good financial strength um, so that they're there for you during times such as this. So in conclusion, what's the overall outlook for the coming year? I think you can expect FCC to have another solid year. Uh, The industry seems to be transitioning through the COVID crisis uh, in a resilient way, just like it does through other crises. It is is yet to be determined how long this pandemic will last and what the ultimate impacts will be. But for the year that we are in, uh, we're seeing strong investment as well as as well as a good recovery in some markets. So, so we do anticipate 2021 to be another solid year for the organization. Karina Mitchell-Bowden is the Executive Vice President for Farm Credit Canada. Mom. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This segment is brought to you by the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed for over 35 years. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. And brought to you by Selford Group. The summer early order program is extended through July. Call your Selford Equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Minneapolis grain dealer, Series Agricultural Global Group. Series Global Ag is the proper name, is expanding its holdings in Saskatchewan. The company has reached an agreement to buy Cargill's elevator and associated assets at Nicklin Siding, about 30 kilometers north of Tisdale in northeast Saskatchewan. The elevator has handling capacity of 13,000 tons, after an expansion from about 5,700 in 1999. Terms were not disclosed, but the deal closes by the end of August. Series has facilities in Manitoba after buying Dell Commodities last August. Series also operates a grain export terminal near the U.S. border at Northgate, Saskatchewan, southeast of Estevan. Series also owns a grain terminal on the Welland Canal in Ontario, 
25% stake of Saskatchewan Short Line, Stewart Southern Railway, and a 17% stake in Cantera Seeds. Its U.S. operations include a Lake, Lake Superior Terminal at Duluth, grain terminals at Minneapolis and Shakopee, Minnesota, and a joint venture at another Minnesota grain terminal. Despite a spectator limit of 250 people, thousands packed the stands over the weekend at Minnesota's largest outdoor rodeo. The stands remained full or nearly full for the three days of the 65th annual North Star Stampede Rodeo. Event organizer Simran Pitson posted on Facebook that he would not stand in the way of people coming to protest what he describes as, quote, ridiculous government overreach and their right to assemble. At Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I'm talking right now to Tyler Wist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. Hey, Tyler. How's it going? Hey, going well, Sean. How are you doing today? Uh, good. And so what is your area of focus? I've been working on things that attack your crops and then the things that attack those insects that are attacking your crops. Do we sometimes not give the latter enough attention? Yeah, definitely. So that uh, that's like your your unseen army in your field those beneficial insects that are there attacking those pest insects and so we've got a campaign that we call the field heroes campaign it's powered by wgrf western grains research foundation and so the at field heroes you can find them on uh, twitter you can find them online you uh you want to follow those guys if you want to know about the beneficial insects in your field. And so it's kind of our way of promoting these beneficial insects and really making you think about them before you go and spray, for example. Well, we're going to talk about parasitoids. How do you say that again? All right. So we're going to talk about parasitoids, Sean. See, the parasitoids. There you go. Okay. It's hard to get it out. Okay. So what are some of the visual cues you need to be paying attention to? Well, first, let's enlighten everybody as to what a parasitoid is. So, a parasitoid is a specialized kind of predator. So, this is a predator that has the offspring that winds up killing the pest insect. So, what I mean is, the mother parasitoid goes out and finds a host. And she either lays an egg in or on that pest insect, and it's her offspring that winds up killing that pest insect. And so you might look at the word and say, oh, that kind of looks like parasitic. And so in a way, they are parasitic, sorry, parasitic, but they kill their host. And a good parasite doesn't kill its host, but a good parasitoid does kill its host. Okay, so talk about the aphid version. So, we've got a few aphid species out there, and they leave behind in the field um, kind of remnants of their parasitism that we call aphid mummies. So, you're looking through your field, you're counting aphids, and you see these things that look like aphids, but they're sort of swollen and they're brown, and they don't move when you poke them. So, what you're looking at there is an aphid mummy. So, let me tell you how that mummy forms. So, we get a 
Aphidious wasp is one of the genus that comes along. So she flies along, she uses her antennae, and she taps the back of the aphid, and that gives her some chemical cues that says, hey, I've got an aphid in front of me. Then she fires out her ovipositor, that's what she uses to lay eggs, and she stings those aphids. She lays one egg inside the aphid. That egg develops, and within within about eight to ten days, you get what is an aphid mummy, and so... The uh, the larva of that parasitic wasp basically eats the aphid from the inside out. You'll find these kind of brown things stuck to your plants. And if it's got a little trap door on the back end of it, it means you've missed the emergence of that parasitic wasp, that parasitoid. Is, is there areas of Western Canada where this would be more prolific or certain crop types? All right, so if you've got aphids in your crop, you probably have a parasitoid as well. Now, if you're in a wheat field or a any kind of a cereal field, you'll have two different species of aphid. And around here, what I've been finding is we have mostly just one species of parasitic wasp that will go after those cereal aphids. And if you're in a pea field, we've got a very similar type of wasp that will go after your pea aphids. So we got lentils, fava beans, and peas that I've been looking at. And there are a couple of other parasitoids. So they're in a different genus, and they make a slightly different mummy. And I was really excited when I found those in the first year of the project. And so, um, yeah, so in that case, the parasitic wasp larva doesn't stay inside the mummy. It actually crawls out from underneath the mummy, and it pupates under there. So you get this dead, empty aphid skin with, a, with kind of a cocoon underneath it. It's very cool. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather, sunny sky, wind northwest 20, the high today 27 degrees, the low 11. Tomorrow sunny, wind southeast 20, the high 30, the low 15. Wednesday, sunny and hot again, the high 31, the low 16. Thursday, sunny, the high 31, the low 15. Friday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers, the high 26, the low 15. Saturday, sunny with a high 29, the low 16. Sunday, sunny, the high 31. Normal high is 26, the normal low is 11. The sun rose at 5.20 this morning, it sets at 8.50 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek at 26 degrees. The cold spot up north, 20 degrees, Collins Bay. Estevan is 24, Saskatoon 25, Swift Current 22, Weyburn 24, Yorkton is 25. Regina, sunny and 24, that's 75 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-northwest 18. Humidity 47%, the barometer dropping 102.0. Sunny and Moose Jaw 24, Windsor from the north, northwest 21, gusting to 31. Once again, Regina, Sunny and 24, that's 75 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. I know. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. 
This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And Sask Municipal Hail Insurance. Farmers, get your spot loss hail insurance with SMHI online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable. SMHI isn't. Officials are calling this summer's Ag in Motion Internet event a big success. The annual farm show northwest of Saskatoon was presented last week as an online version only due to COVID-19. Ag in Motion show director Rob O'Connor says almost 9,000 farmers were registered during the week's presentations. I thought it went very well. The platform went just about seamlessly. The presentations 99% of the time started on time. Lots of activity from the company, so yeah, we were, as a team, we were pretty happy with the results. How many farmers participated? Uh, just about 9,000 farmers. So it was very comparable uh, to the very first Ag in Motion in 2015. So your reaction to that number, is that pretty good? Yeah, you know, we thought it was amazing to see how the first year of Ag in Motion Discovery Plus compared to Ag in Motion in 2015 and how both of them have very similar numbers as far as farmers participating, companies participating. So yeah, we, uh, we're very happy with how things turned out, especially when you consider we did it in about 14 weeks. What kind of feedback did you get from the farmers that participated in the companies that were sponsors? Well, I think everybody came back who I spoke with saying that they really thought the platform was a good platform. It was easy to navigate and to use. The one thing that I maybe caught us a little bit by surprise was we didn't get a lot of activity in the chat rooms themselves. And I was wondering, why is that? And really it came back to me on Thursday that this is really more of a large conference than it is an actual trade show event. And when you go to a conference, there might be 200 people in a seminar, but only one or two people are willing to get up on the microphone and ask a question. And I think that's what we found in this platform, too, is there would be 250 people perhaps in a session, but only two or three would get on on the chat room and ask questions or create some interaction with the speaker themselves. So uh, that's probably the one takeaway we have for uh, trying to create more activity during and following immediately following a presentation. Give me some of the highlights of the presentations. What would do you see some of the big items that were revealed and discussed? Well, you know, the the sessions themselves were attended fairly equally. There was one or two that had more attendees at it, but the variety, I think, of presentations is what was the most impressive thing. Is We had attendees who were ranchers from Alberta. We had large grain farmers from Saskatchewan, and there was sessions and topics for all of them, and they used them. Uh, it was really neat to watch how many hundreds of people were in each different presentation. What seemed to be some of the favorite topics? You know, I think some of the the presentations that were seen the most were, uh, there was a livestock presentation from Dr. Sarah Place, which was talking about the importance or actually how critical the beef industry is to the overall food system. Also, there was a great presentation from Dr. Cole at Virginia Tech. Yeah, those are probably the two largest. And, uh, you know, other things that were of interest, the stock dog trial, for instance, had lots of attendees. And Guardians of the Grasslands, which is a short film produced that, again, was talking about how important 
cow-calf operations are to Canada's grasslands. If someone missed it last week, is there any way they can access the information this week? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the platform's going to stay open for the rest of the year. So even though the chat rooms won't be working, you can still get in touch with the different companies that were involved or watch any of the presentations that happen. And where do they do that? So what they can do is visit the Ag in Motion website, which is simply aginmotion.ca, and the platform will be able to be accessed right on the first page. And just as if you were registering for the show during the event, you go on there, there's a registration page which asks you a few questions. And once you've done that, you can get into the platform and watch any of the presentations that had happened. And uh, feel free to walk through that and check out the Exhibitor Showcase as well. Is it all free? It is, absolutely. There is no cost to it. Uh, so people can feel free to go on there, look at what uh, was presented, and hopefully that can help them with uh, decisions that they need to use on their farm or ranch. What's the plans for next year? So for next year, we will be going ahead with the plans for a live 2021 show in Langham. And then we'll talk about the digital platform, how it can be used to augment the show. So again, we want to be able to provide information for people because we are a company, a company that's our mandate. And if we can keep some of that information that we shared during the 2021 show and put it online for people to look at afterwards, then that's what we'll do. Rob O'Connor is the director of Ag in Motion, held as an internet event last week. The annual show was cancelled this year at Langham due to COVID-19. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And by YAC Auctions. The first name you should think of in the auction business, call 782-5999. The latest issue of Canola Watch discusses summer scouting for club root disease. Jay Wetter has the details. Club root galls can start to form on canola roots about three weeks after canola emergence, and it typically takes another month or so for galls to become really noticeable. So galls, if present, will be visible by this stage of the season. Dan Orchard, agronomy specialist for the Canola Council of Canada, gives some tips on what galls look like and where you might find them. At this time of year, usually be fairly small, white, the yellow looking clubs or deformed roots. Although above ground symptoms may not be real obvious at this time, you could look for weedy areas from lack of crop competition or just thin areas and even prematurely ripening areas. Keith Fournier is a director with Sass Canola and he farms around Lone Rock right along the Alberta border. When, when you have club root that close, you have to farm assuming that you've got it yourself and take the same precautions. Number one is scouting. You're just taking note of what that crop is like and if there's any spots in the field that are a little different, you, you want to go and investigate what that is. Why scout now instead of later in the season? Here's one reason. If clubroot is found, you have time to take some focused action on these areas. If the patch is small enough, pull up all the plants that have galls, then cut off the galls and dispose of them. As outlined in a Canola Watch article, you could burn them or put them in a garbage bag for disposal at the landfill. By destroying the galls now, you minimize the amount of inoculum that is released back into the soil for future infestation. Here's another reason to scout now. 
If you find clubroot in a field, including a field seeded to a clubroot resistant variety, the farm will want to ramp up efforts to reduce soil movement from field to field, perhaps expand the number of years between canola crops, and do some advanced thinking on hybrid selections for 2021. Here's Dan Orchard. I think finding clubroot early is, is a key management strategy that allows growers to make sure the soil isn't moved around to the rest of the field and, and to other parts of the farm. Scouting for clubroot in resistant varieties will also give farmers a clue on how well the genetics are holding up and whether or not they need to make a shift in, in the genetic sources that they're using on their farm. Identifying clubroot presence and pressure now gives you time to visit some crop tours either in person or online, find varieties best suited to the situation, and book that seed early. Here's a third reason to scout for clubroot now. By scouting now instead of during the pre-harvest rush, you might have more time to collect plants or soil samples and send them in for DNA analysis. Saskanola has a program that can help with that. Here's Keith Fournier. And last year we distributed quite a few of the clubroot kits out so you could do the testing. And those clubroot kits will be available again this year through Saskanola. So if any of the producers are interested in in doing tests on their field just to see if they, they have, a, have a spore count out there, those tools are available. Saskanola members can request a clubroot soil sampling test by contacting Saskanola or the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Here's a final word from Corey Jacob, Provincial Oilseed Crop Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. I guess a lot of it comes back to knowing what's in your field. Um, you know, if you're not actively scouting, to be actively scouting, if you can't scout or you don't have enough time to, um, to have an agronomist do it just to make sure you know what's going on. And if we're seeing any suspect plants or patches to be um, really addressing and, and seeing and investigating what's further, kind of catching it early. For lots more on clubroot identification and scouting tips and the prairie-wide list of labs that do soil and plant sample analysis for clubroot, please visit clubroot.ca. You can also find more at canolawatch.org. Canola Watch is a research-based agronomy service from the Canola Council of Canada in cooperation with the Provincial Canola Grower Associations, SAS Canola, Alberta Canola, and Manitoba Canola Growers. Jay Wetter compiles the Canola Watch program. Back in a moment. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollow's Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra's prices for canola gained $1.20 at four forty-five forty-eight. Flax gained $4 at $5.32.85. Number one red spring wheat dropped $3.88 at $2.15.71. The rest were all unchanged. Durham, $2.66.39. Feed barley, $1.95.70. Lentils, $5.82.50. Yellow peas, 244.89, and feed wheat, 172.88. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, September spring wheat is down 6.5 cents at $5.75 cents a bushel. Um. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. 
the Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Now the latest livestock quotations. Heartland Livestock Market Report. Donnie Peacock reporting from the Swift Current Yards. 400 cattle in the sale here again on Tuesday. The cow market, uh, the very good cows, 90 to 95. Sales to 96.7. The very top end of those cows, just a subtly bit off of where we were the week before. But the bottom end of the cows, maybe if anything, are a little bit stronger. Straight through, we're averaging 88 cents on all the cows sold. The bulls topped at 132. They averaged $1.22 on all the bulls in the sale. Uh, Heiferets in $1.20 to $1.30. And some of the pre-sold cattle looking pretty good here for September delivery. 950 weight heifers trading at 162. That's the way it is in cattle country. Heartland Swift Current. And the latest pork prices, SIG 4 Brandon Plant, $130.07 per CKG. For BP4, TCP4, the Moose Jaw Plant, $140 per CKG. Coming up, the resource report brought to you by the Foam Lake Combine Lotto. Win 225000 in cash or three hundred grand in combine cash. Ticket info at CombineLotto.com. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report. Vermilion Energy had a net loss of $71.3 million in its second quarter as energy prices plummeted due to the COVID-19 pandemic and OPEC plus Russia price war. The Calgary-based company says the loss compared with net profit of $2 million a year earlier. Fund flow from operations was $82 million, down 52% from the prior quarter. Revenue plunged 55% from a year earlier to $193 million, but beat analyst expectations of $191 million. Longshoremen at the Port of Montreal have launched a four-day strike in a dispute mainly over working hours. The union representing striking workers gave 72-hour notice Friday to the Maritime Employers Association. Union members affiliated with the Canadian Union of Public Employees will withdraw most mooring services during the strike. But the port says the strike does not affect liquid bulk handling, the Oceanic Service and the grain terminal. Canada's main stock index started the trading week with a triple-digit rise as the price of gold hit a record high on growing U.S.-China tensions and virus concerns. The TSX Composite Index was up 108 points at 16,105. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 133 points at 26,603. The Canadian dollar traded at 74.76 cents U.S. compared with 74.51 cents on Friday. The September crude oil contract was down 61 cents at $40.68 a barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good... You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.